0: Marketing Communications Today, presented by the West Virginia University Reed College of Media, which offers renowned online master's degree programs in marketing communications. Thank you for joining us today. Today, I'm really happy to introduce our guest, Alex Verdon. She is product marketing lead, community engagement and financial education at EverFi, and she's an experienced marketing professional currently working in product marketing at EverFi, And that's an organization driving social impact through education, she runs a side hustle vertical where she consults on branding content development and training. While not in the office or helping clients Alex mentors several up and coming female leaders that's particularly great because we're doing this on international women's day that's the day we're recording. From industries, including food and beverage energy healthcare and personal wellness. She's a fierce customer advocate who is passionately curious about marketing, and she geeks out over all things process and strategy. Outside of the office, Alex loves to travel, box, practice the banjo, explore the outdoors with her Frenchie Teddy, or spend time with her husband, family, or friends. So Alex, we're so happy to have you here today, and we're going to be talking about product marketing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Sure. So um,
0: bringing a new product or service to the market can feel like a daunting task to some. If it's not promoted properly, you could miss out on an opportunity or lose money down the line. Mm -hmm. So Alex is going to talk about what it takes in real life to bring a new product or service to market and how she combines creativity and innovation in her work. And so first off, Alex, why don't we start with a common thread?
1: Tell us, What is product marketing? Sure, product marketing is a bit of an interesting and um, emerging function. Um, I recently read a report by the Product Marketing Alliance which is a group of over 10,000 product marketers that sort of come together um, to give insights from various um, industries. But the report said that um, only 5% of product marketers are 100% sure um, of what the role of product marketing Mm. uh, actually does. Um, So product marketing can change from place to place. Um, It can be incredibly executional, so very sales enablement focused, or it can be um, extremely tactical and strategic. But for me um, at EverFi, my role as a product marketer is really a centralized role, um, a hub or connector to the key teams that I work with, including customer success, marketing, sales product development, engineering, um, customer marketing, all the different spokes out that need um, key information around products, features, personas, uh, market intel, competitive intelligence. Um, And there's really five different areas kind of that I'm working in day to day. So one would be discovery where I'm looking into hypotheses around potential markets, potential items to put on our roadmap, fleshing out personas talking to customers another area is uh, strategy so that's product market fit pricing go to market planning for launches or feature releases um, defining and training so working with our sales team and our marketers on training up on what the new product could be or or will be um, how to talk about it how to um, write marketing messaging about it and then getting set and growing a product from launch and post-launch activities. So you're doing a lot of things. <laughs> for for very sure.
0: busy, very busy job, and it sounds like you interact with just about everybody in the company.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, that's something you know I can't underscore enough is that communication and, and wanting to be out there and sort of the face of some things at times is is really important as mm-hmm. as the whole, uh, sort of lends itself to to be.
0: Well, I can just sense your enthusiasm about this. And I'm wondering, as you're thinking about this, what are a couple of the most interesting products you've had an opportunity to market? What really caught your interest?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, one product that I worked on at EverFi with one of my colleagues uh, was a product that was for the HR space around COVID-19. And the reason that this course was so interesting was it was not originally on our roadmap, but we felt given the market pressure, what we were hearing from customers and what we were sensing, we needed to build something in order to help some of our key personas be able to communicate to their um, employees uh, and and the just community around their businesses, around what they were doing. So we built this product in about a month, marketed it, you know, went went through the process of training the team, building assets, Um, and it was really exciting from a just go-to-market perspective and an innovation perspective of how quickly could we kind of build these different blocks and put something together, and that product actually ended up being a finalist for the um, Product Marketing Alliance's um, 2020 awards, so that kind of come full circle. Yeah, very timely.
0: Yeah. So I'm just curious. Did you study marketing in college? How did you get uh, to be a specialist in this field?
1: Great question. So I started college actually as a comparative literature major. I loved to read, to write, to um, uh, study languages. At one point I was taking Italian, Spanish, and Arabic. Um, and then I think second semester junior year, I started to think, well, what does a career look like? And um So then I transferred actually into the School of Communications at the University of South Carolina. And my first job out of college was actually in public relations. And I realized um, I wasn't great cold calling, Uh, pitching stories was not um, what I like to do, but what I was interested in is sort of creating um, messaging and I loved writing the emails and sort of like strategizing around that. So that's when I sort of transitioned into marketing and actually for the majority of my career, I've been in more of a demand gen uh, campaign marketing role where I've done, you know, developing webinars, events, trying to drive more top of the funnel lead generation mm-hmm. and, and interest in um, products and services. Well,
0: I'm assuming that webinars have become hotter and hotter during COVID. Was that been your, people, people are more willing to attend or what's your experience? Oh.
1: Yeah, we've definitely seen um, a lot of action when it comes to that. So with EverFi, we've done um, online events, um, we've done webinars, roundtables, customer councils, things like that. Um, And then I also sit on the board for American Marketing Association for DC. And we've done a lot of offline events. We actually took our mentor program and completely transitioned it to be a digital first. And we've seen a lot of great interaction. I think At first it was a little bumpy, but um, Mm -hmm. now I think people are kind of expecting it and kind of know what they're getting into when they do some of the fun activities that that Mm -hmm. webinars allow us to do during this time.
0: Well, I can relate because I have to do my um, advisees, work work with my advisees on Zoom now, and it's working great, it really is. Sometimes I think it's better than in the office.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, have had a lot of fun with the different events from, you know, day-to-day meetings all the way to networking, um, games and activities. Ever if Uh I did a a trivia game for our holiday party and it was actually quite fun just Mm -hmm. online, yeah. Great.
0: (laughs) So I'm wondering, could you give us sort of the step-by-step when a new product or service is released, uh, getting it into the market?
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, when, we're thinking go to market strategy. I like to put the different um, planning processes into two different buckets. So one would be um, a new product or service into the market where you're sort of starting from scratch in the development process. And then the other would be uh, more diversification. So you're adding maybe a new feature or um, a new side to the product in an existing market. Um, But I would really say both of those might have different um, different tactics underneath, but the general um, mapping of a of a go to market plan would be really focusing on launch planning and research upfront, um, marketing and sales strategy, and then thinking also beyond that launch of what do you do once somebody's bought the product, or what do you do to keep interest growing in the market. And um, you know, when I'm planning launches, I always think about Um, What the late uh, Clayton Christensen, Harvard business professor said that, you know, about 30,000 products are launched every year and about 90% fail. And a lot of them fail because of poor planning and product market fit. Mm -hmm. So getting it right with that portion of the launch makes everything else sort of um, smoother along the way. And of course, when it comes into product market fit, it's also business goal fit too, right? We don't want to launch something or promote something be trying to, um, you know, sort of retroactively fit something into the market or into the business plan. Sure.
0: Great. Thank you. So it sounds like, as I mentioned before, I'm hearing that you're dealing with everybody within the company pretty much. And I'm wondering, you have to build enthusiasm and hype to be get your product on center stage, both inside the company and then out in the marketplace. So could you talk about that both first inside the company, like I want my product to shine. And then how do you build hype out in the marketplace?
1: Sure, so internally, it's really, really important for a product marketer to work very closely with their product manager, the product owner, um, and understand what's going into that product, what the roadmap looks like, when these different, um, almost like breadcrumbs will be revealed that then you can synthesize and put out into, a training or a one pager, some sort of collateral that gets the marketing team excited, that gets the sales team excited, and that gets everybody sort of on the same page tracking towards that launch date. And when you do that and you start to build, um, you know, a lot of resources for teams to start using, that's when they get excited because they start to see oh, wow, this awesome product's coming to market and I have all the tools that I can start talking about it with prospects and customers. And, you know, the product marketer has given sort of the personas. So as I'm prospecting, I know who to go after or I know who to, you know, put this paid campaign towards. Um, So having all of those sort of tools really helps get the team excited. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like we mentioned earlier, the product marketer is kind of constantly talking or, or pinging somebody about, Hey, did you hear this? Hey, I want to share this with you. So it's a lot of just um, making sure that information about the product gets out and it's the right information that the team needs to start building a pipeline and generating leads and all of that great stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, From the external perspective, it's again a partnership with somebody that may work in demand gen. So For example, I work really closely with our marketing directors to say, here's what I'm seeing from our persona, market landscape, competitive intelligence um, perspective. How can we infuse some of these talking points or some of these features and functionality into um, some email messaging? Or how can we write a blog about this pain point that our prospect or our customers are facing and then, you know, help drive leads so that sales can pick up um, you know, once that lead is, is come through and say, Hey, I noticed you were interested in this blog. Are you experiencing the same sort of problems or what are you seeing? And and it starts to drive a conversation, um, and get excitement from, from that angle. So, you know, I think the B2B space, which is where, um, I sit is a little more, um, formulaic sometimes than what you'd see in a a B2C where, where they sometimes do more splashier things, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's um, it's arming both all the teams that I work with, with the right information to sort of let them then be the owners of the creativity that they're gonna do to kind of drive the excitement in the, in the market. Mm-hmm.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about how you build personas? Where do you get your intelligence to do that?
1: Sure, so a lot of, um, you know, reading research, I have Google Alerts set up. Um, And we look at ideal customer profiles. So um, past wins, past losses, what were the types of profiles that we were engaging with during those um, different sales initiatives and then looking forward. So an example of something I'm working on right now is putting out a a LinkedIn survey to marketers, trying to see uh, where education and educational sponsorship, which is what EverFi does, how does that fit in into their marketing campaigns or their larger marketing initiatives? So it's a lot of um, looking at data and, and market research, reading a lot of trend reports, industry reports, um, and starting to build out just what a persona might be and then going to our demand gen team and, and trying to test those and, and trying to push through with seeing if this isn't resonating, how can we pivot or How can we sharpen the detail that you might need in order to better serve these personas to kind of attract them and um, help close new business? Mm -hmm.
0: And in B2B for the same product, you have to deal with lots of different decision makers or influencers, correct? So you have multiple personas usually.
1: Right. Sometimes it'll be straightforward. If it's a more compliance-driven product, you might have one persona. But in a lot of cases, it's going to be a consensus build where you know somebody may have the dollars, but there's other team members that are integral into getting that person to say, yes, I want to sign on for this particular product or service. Gets pretty complex,
0: doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> But that leads me to ask, uh, what's the most rewarding part of bringing a new product or service to the market?
1: Sure. I mean, um, for me, given my background in demand gen, I just love to see the growth of a company and, and the growth and interest in the market. I think that gets me really excited and kind of says everything we did to build this product and everything we thought this product could be. It's, it's paying off on not only customer happiness and our NPS score could potentially be boosted, but we're also seeing the right leads come in and qualify and move down the funnel to close one. Um, so I just think the business impact of releasing something that's right in terms of its market fit and right in terms of its business goals is, is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you
0: mentioned NPS net promoter score. Is that something you do by surveying your uh, current customers mainly? Is that what happens?
1: Yeah, so we have a customer um, experience team that really handles that. Um, but yeah, sur- surveying mm-hmm. them, wanting to always improve that number to be best in class. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, next thing I'm going to ask you about is storytelling and. In B2B, some people say, well, it's so cut and dried, but uh, people are people, and they relate to hearing stories that they can mm-hmm. um, embrace. So how do you use storytelling in B2B?
1: Sure, we, um, we take the approach of, you know, trying to humanize the products we have and humanize the end user. So for EverFi, we have a sponsorship model in some areas, um, and we really wanna showcase how teachers and students are using our products to those sponsors. So, you know, we do things like impact reporting, where we'll showcase knowledge gain and teacher quotes and different things like that. But outside of um, the education technology space that I'm currently in, I think it's really about humanizing the product and, and making it something that's connected to, you know, a a business problem that we all can relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you see bigger brands like your Googles, your um, Amazons doing this quite well, where they're sort of blurring the line between this is a B2B product, but we're gonna play on a human feeling and need and Mm -hmm. sort of take that B2C approach and infusing it. So I I think that B2B can be entertaining. It's just, um, you know, striking the balance between um, showcasing a business problem and, and the product or service that fits and realizing that the person on the other end of the line is, is a human at the end of the day that you know you could speak the same language to and, and sort of like understand from a, a, human, a humanized perspective.
0: One of my favorite examples of that is uh, CDW used to be called computer discount warehouse And they created this persona of the put-upon IT guy. And they um, did videos of this poor guy with all these dumb people like me saying, I broke the internet. (laughs) And the IT guy said, oh, they're so stupid. (laughs) It was very funny. And it was just sort of an in thing for the IT people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, when you're saying that, I'm thinking of like HubSpot, I think does a really good job Um, and Salesforce. Uh, Both Mm -hmm. of those really, you sometimes forget that they're selling B2B products because of the amount of just like person first language and and educational Mm -hmm. resources that they're giving out.
0: Have you ever uh, seen the new pig catalog? No. You should check that out. New new pig, they make very boring products, but they have this mascot that's a pig. And (laughs) if you buy from them, they'll send you things like a a uh, baseball cap with a pigtail on the back and pig um, pencil with a little tail on it. Yeah, they have a little fun with their boring products. Okay, so the next thing I'm wondering about is how you build brand awareness for your new products.
1: Sure. So I would say brand awareness comes from again just. Um, all of the different things that go into a launch so throughout the phases of the launch you'll have you know research and market fit and then you'll move into sort of strategizing around what collateral what um web presence what um social initiatives or um direct mail kind of initiatives when we were in the office would we want to do and then working with our comms team on what does a press look like press release look like for this launch um so it's really again, that collaborative effort where the product marketer is sort of um, engaging with all the different stakeholders to say, hey, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month is in May. Can we do something around this product then? Or can we run a campaign to business leaders who might be struggling with X? Um, So it's a lot of just like market sensing, I'd say, to build brand awareness around particular products. And then how does that ladder up to the overall um, business brand awareness that our marketers and our PR and comms team is is working to grow as well.
0: It sounds like you spend a lot of your day communicating with with others. Do you do it? Um, do you what do you do? You use Slack? Do you have email? How do you get in touch with people?
1: Sure, we uh, we're Google first, so we use okay. chat, um, Google Hangouts, phone calls, emails. Um, it's so easy now to just say, Hey, can I have five minutes and put on a video call and just talk mm-hmm. through something? So, um, you know, we have set meetings for the different product lines and then we'll do just one-offs as needed. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're sort of hitting it again and again, that communication is so key for right. a marketer.
0: Have you been working at home for a long time or are you back in the office?
1: No, um, we've been, I think this... Friday will be a full year um, from home. Yep, yep. Um, Everify took a really um, aggressive approach to kind of making sure we would be able to seamless, as seamless as possible, I should say, work from home and and Mm -hmm. continue to be safe, yep. Mm -hmm. Great.
0: So um, kind of wrapping up here, I have two more questions. How do you measure success of a new product or service?
1: hmm Sure. That's a great question. And it's sort of the million dollar question right now in product marketing is how do you show or prove ROI when a lot of the tasks that a product marketer is doing are qualitative and, mm-hmm. um, what we don't want to be known for is sort of a collateral factory, right? So some of the ways that we're looking at, um, successive products is, uh, customer retention. So when it comes time for renewals, are they renewing, um, pipeline builds, um, the amount of customers that we've gotten in different truncated time periods. So the pre-selling period, the period right after launch and then um, you know post-launch what goes into that. And um, then just customer surveying, like are they happy with the, the product? Do they feel like they have enough information? And then also surveying our internal stakeholders. So does a sales rep feel like product marketing has educated them enough on the product? Did they feel really good during the pre-sale? and the launch and then post-launch. Mm-hmm. So right now at, at Everfine, I think uh, through my network of product marketers, we're still trying to figure out what is the right mix of um, KPIs to measure a product marketer on, but um, those are some of the areas that that we look at and, and we explore.
0: Mm-hmm. So I suspect that some of the people that um, view or listen to this podcast will say, wow, that sounds like a great job. So what advice do you have for someone who is thinking about getting into this field, or maybe they have the opportunity to promote a new product or service?
1: Sure, I would say for those looking to get into product marketing, if you're not able to sort of get an internship or start as an associate or assistant, look for roles that allow you to take a project management and strategic um, initiatives, um, roles that allow you to do some writing, some positioning, different things like that, because that'll help sharpen um, and flex the skills that, that are needed in order to be a, a product marketer. And then for those people who um, maybe aren't in the product marketing role by name, but are launching products and services, um, there are a ton of resources out there right now. Product Marketing Alliance is one of them that um, you know has templates and and blogs and just like a ton of rich resources on um, different ways to go about product marketing. Like we mentioned at, at the top of this, um, Call you know, it, product marketing is not um, standardized at the moment. It's kind of like different flavors for different industries at different size companies. Um, so you know, there's a lot of networks and collaboration out there if you're if you're looking for advice on it. But um, you know, planning and 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 making sure you have a great launch plan and and testing that I would say if you're a team of one launching a product too
0: would you say there's a lot of growth potential in the field of product marketing?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I've seen it, um, sort of grow. I didn't know prior to joining Everify what product marketing was. I kind of had, I was like, Oh, I've, I've heard of that, but I feel like it's super technical, but in my head, I was thinking of a product manager. And so Uh. that gets confused. Right. But I've just seen a ton of growth just from people. Um, I know that have, um, switched out of more of a generalized marketing role and into product marketing. It seems like, you know, tech companies um, and some services companies are sort of realizing the um, power that this role can provide to other teams in the organization.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Alex Verdon from Everfive. We really appreciate your insights and your time today. So you've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications today. Thank you for joining us. Please be sure to visit go.wvu.edu backslash today to view our upcoming sessions, listen to previous recordings, and subscribe to receive updates. Have a great day.